Ayo! What it do, what it do, my listeners? I hope all you guys had a great week and weekend, as I would like to welcome you to this week's Part My Fresh Sports Talk Show. This is your host, Lloyd A. Thompson with the Mad Mike. And for the next hour, we'll be bringing you guys the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Be sure to catch the show live every Monday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on www.lloydathompson.com. And if you somehow missed that, you can always catch the replay, no excuses, on www.lloydathompson.com or pmfradio.com. Also, you can get in contact with us through email at Lloyd at partmyfresh.com, on Twitter at Lloyd A. Thompson, one word, and on Instagram at Lloyd A. Thompson, one word. Check those sites out, people, because I'm always posting new pics and always tweeting new things. So you want to keep an eye out on that and stay on top of that. So buckle up, sit back and relax, and start spreading the news. Hey, yo, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, like we always do at this time, it's Monday. That means it's time to talk sports on the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike show. Let's go. I am ecstatic right now. And do you know why in the hell I'm so ecstatic and jumping for joy? Just like I won the New York State Lottery jackpot? I'll tell you why, damn it. Phil Jackson is no longer the vice president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks. Listeners, this came only a few days after my high blood pressure rant on last week's show asking for Phil Jackson to be thrown out of MSG on his head like Uncle Phil used to do jazz in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show. I was speaking to my boy Manny Fresh Music from Brooklyn the other day and he said to me, he was like, yo L, you know what you should start your show off with? You should start your show off with using the phrase, the basketball gods have answered our prayers. And I said, you know what Manny Fresh? That's a hell of an idea. So here you go, folks. The basketball gods have answered our prayers, and Phil Jackson is no more. (laughs) You know they say it sucks to add insult to injury, but I'm going to do just that. Listen to me, and listen to me good, listeners. In the three years that Phil Jackson has been in charge of the New York Knicks, it has not been a good run for him since he's returned to the team in which he won an NBA championship with in 1973, which is a long, long time ago as a player. Since being hired in March of 2014 as a New York Knicks president, Phil Jackson has watched this team compile a record of 90 and 171. That's a 34.5 winning percentage, and that was the fifth worst mark in the NBA over that span when which he's been in charge of 
basketball operations barely better than a cross-time rival, Brooklyn Nets. And we all know how bad the Brooklyn Nets are. The Knicks haven't won more than 32 games and one season under Phil Jackson. Jackson has been in New York for four postseasons and none of them have been featured with the Knicks. All were with teams in which he coached against the Knicks, which might I add is a far cry from his experience as a coach. Because as a coach, he's made the playoffs in all 20 seasons. Speaking of coaches, listeners, there have been four head coaches under the Phil Jackson regime that has manned the sideline since he's been here. That's Mike Woodson, Kurt Rambis, Derek Fisher, and Jeff Hornacek. Might I add, this is someone who is viewed around the league by his peers, according to reporters, as being lazy and a failed executive. They also felt that he didn't do enough work and get out there and evaluate players. He didn't talk to other executives. He had other people report to other organizations and do it for him. And during this year's draft, people, players that were working out for the team reported that this guy was falling asleep during workouts. Now, I guess it's because he already had his mom made up. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt and say he already had his mom made up that he was going to pick Frank Nidalekina. No matter who worked out for him, in my mind, I felt that this is who he was going to pick. And that could have contributed to why he fell asleep. But damn it, you still don't fall asleep. You got a job to do. Stay up and evaluate the damn talent. Now, this is a man who has worked a total of 1,200 days and is made a total in that span of $60 million. $60 million, people. That is $50,000 a day. And again, they never made the playoffs. Oh, stop the press. Stop the damn press. As it was just simply highway robbery, this dude was robbing James Dolan from the time he walked in the door to the time James Dolan got some damn sense and kicked him out of the door. Now, I will say that the Knicks have issues and it stems from Dolan. But let's face it, I'm glad that he came to his senses and realized that he needed to make a change. And in his tenure, we're talking about Phil Jackson as being in charge of the New York Knicks. During the draft, he has drafted zero college players that are freshmen, sophomores, or juniors. Please listen carefully to what I'm saying. Please, people. He has drafted zero college players from the freshman, sophomore, or junior class. Note, that is excluding the senior class in which he did draft. Cleanthony Early, Ron Baker, and Marshall Plumley, to name a few, as seniors. Now, I'll take nothing away from Phil Jackson as a coach because I think that Phil Jackson is one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in NBA history. But again, people, as great as a coach he was, he was equally awful, just awful at being a president, a vice, a, a vice president of basketball operations. He gave it a shot. When he came here, I was one of the New Yorkers that wanted him to be here, that was ecstatic that he was here, but 
You can only pull a wool over somebody's eyes for, for bust so long before they realize that what you're doing is wrong and you don't know what you're doing. And he pulled that wool over, over James Dolan's eyes and over New Yorker's eyes. The only difference is that us as fans and the fans realized what he was doing a little bit sooner before James Dolan did. And what I would have done is I would have made the change before the draft was done because I feel that if somebody else was in charge of the Knicks during the draft time, the Knicks wouldn't have drafted Franklin and the Latina and might have went in a different direction. And at the end of the day, again, I've said numerous times that I wasn't a fan of the Kristaps Porzingis um, draft pick. But he turned out to be a really good player who's only going to get better and I think is going to be a great player. So I'm going to trust the process with this Frank and Latina kid. I'm going to trust the process. And hopefully, hopefully, he turns out to be just as good as an NBA player that Chris Dasperzingis is. But damn it. <laughs> yo, yo, that cracks me up every single time I hear that. But it's truth. It, I mean, it's the absolute truth right now. But let's just say that James Dolan did the right thing and hired Lloyd A. Thompson to be the Knicks, the Knicks vice president of basketball operations. I'm going to explain to you exactly what I would do if I was in charge of the New York Knicks right now, listeners. The first thing that I would do is I would fire everybody. Every single person that was under Phil Jackson's regime, I feel that you have to clean house and you have to start from scratch. So bye-bye Steve Mills, bye-bye Jeff Hornacek, bye-bye Kirk Rambis, bye-bye the rest of the coaching staff. Now that sucks and, you know, it, it's really it's unfortunate for anybody to lose their job, but... That goes with the business, and that's a part of the territory. So that's the first thing I would do. Then what I would do is I would go to someone by the name of Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson. I would bring them in to me, and I would say, look, guys, I know in the past I haven't treated you guys right, and I know that we've had our differences. But one thing, one thing that we have in common is we both care about this organization and we both want for this organization to be great again so therefore here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna offer you guys the opportunity to be the head coach of this job team to be the gm of this team and to be the vice president of basketball operations of this team Okay, Tom Dippito was given that same opportunity and he is doing one heck of a job right now with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Stan Van Gundy was given an opportunity and he's doing an okay job. I wouldn't say a great job and I wouldn't say a terrible job. And the same thing with Doc Rivers and I would say the same thing with Doc Rivers. Not that he's doing a great job and not that he's doing a terrible job, but he's doing an okay job. But Back to Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. They both know basketball. They're both great evaluators of talent. And I believe that the both of them would do their due diligence as far as going out and looking at players and knowing what works best for this team and what players will work well with this organization. And I guarantee you, I don't think either one of them would be on par with getting rid of Carmelo Anthony. Although I did hear... Jeff Van Gundy on the show the other day say that he would entertain the thought 
of trading Carmelo Anthony if the price was right. If the price was right. But he did say they didn't have a problem with keeping Melo on the team and moving forward with Melo as one of the mainstays on this team. So that's what I would do. I think that's the right move to make. I would like to see either one of those guys with the position within the organization. I hope that James Dolan does the right thing and gives one of those guys opportunity and let them tell you no. Don't assume that they're going to say no. Let those guys say thanks, but no thanks. I'm happy with the broadcasting scheme, and that's where I want to be. But, hey, you have to throw your hat in the ring and ask those guys that. And you can't continue to be complacent with mediocrity. You have to do better for this team, and that's been a problem with Phil Jackson. You, you did something. Okay, give it some time. Think. Go to the table, go to the chessboard, and make the smart move. Think about your moves before you make it. And I think after all the fell uh, attempts that have been made by Dolan and by his organization, we're p- putting people in the right places. Before he makes a decision, he just needs to sit down and think about it before he does it. So let's see what happens. But there are reports, guys. There are reports that he's actually reached out. So former uh, Cleveland Cavaliers uh, GM Griffin and they had a phone conversation and supposedly within a, supposedly within the next couple of weeks, the both of those guys are going to sit down and meet up and uh, discuss things as far as him uh, having a possibility of being the next vice president of basketball operations uh, for the New York Knicks. But again, Let's see what happens. A lot of people that I listen to are okay or wouldn't mind if this guy took over the vice president of basketball operations for the New York Knicks. But I'm just saying, think about what you do. Interview a couple people and 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 see who fit. Not that he knows who would fits bet who would fit best for this organization. But I mean, just do the right thing, man. I, I really think, and he's done the right thing by getting rid of of uh, of Phil Jackson. Thank God, but. But, again, man, Jeff Van Gundy has said that he he would be willing to listen. He's not going to close his ears or close the door or any opportunity. So he's kind of giving you a little bit of a hint that he you might be able to talk him into returning to the bench and returning to the team and leaving a broadcast booth. And I, I, I have a pretty good, a strong gut feeling that I think Mark Jackson would do the same thing. And, heck, I wouldn't even be mad if you hired Van Gundy as the vice president of basketball operations and then turned around and let him hire Mark Jackson as a basketball coach as I think they both had great minds and I think they both will work well together but people, I got that special call again. It's my co-host, the Mad Mike, calling in probably from another damn phone booth somewhere in New York City. Yo, Mad Mike, what's good? Oh, oh, but wait, Mad Mike, before you say anything, I just got one thing to say to you and to the other listeners that are with us right now. As I'm sure you're very well aware of, Phil Jackson is no more. And I tell you what, Mad Mike. I woke up and got the news from my homegirl Sandy. And when I got the news, I thought I was reading a mistext. But when I got confirmation that he was gone, I was high-fiving every 
possible damn thing in the area that I can high five. I was high fiving my dogs. I was high fiving the bedpost. I was high fiving the window. I high five the, the shower head. I high five my toothbrush. I was high fiving everything that I can possibly high five because I was so happy that this dude was gone. Tell me how you feel. Plus, I know you was telling me that you got to get your Lou Ferrigno on with Christos Porzingis and Carmelo Anthony. So this is going to be interesting to hear as far as I goes. And I'm sure the listeners are going to want to hear what your Lou Ferrigno is with them two brothers. What's up, brother Lawrence? What's up, people? Yeah, I'm, I'm calling in. I had to call in. I got to let these boys, Carmelo Anthony, and I got to let... KP have it today. They, they they just have to get checked. Everybody, I know you're celebrating Bill Jackson. He just had to get fired. Now, all of a sudden, James Dolan knows what he's doing. Now, James Dolan is going to hire Masai. He's going to hire David Griffin. All of a sudden, some other president is going to come in here and turn around these forces. Well, I have some bad news for you folks. Nobody's coming in here, and nobody is saving this franchise until babies like Kristaps Porzingis blow up and learn that it's not just about what happens in the front office. It's about what's happening on the basketball court. And this franchise will not turn around until the overpaid, overhyped piece of garbage Carmelo Anthony is out of New York. Folks, we just chose a guy with seven playoff victories as a New York Knicks over an 11-time champion, all because he could not buy into a system, all because he refused to share the ball, all because Bill Jackson saw everything George Carl said about him turned out to be true. This guy was not going to share the spotlight with anybody. And if Chris Stapps thought he was, all you have to do is look, look to those reports earlier this week where Chris Stapps, supported the triangle. He was in favor of it. He implored for his teammates publicly to, to, to embrace it. And now we hear that Carmelo Anthony berated him, went after him in the locker room, all for, for his support of Phil Jackson. Does this sound like a guy that you want as a teammate? Does this sound like a winner? This is a guy that had his own agenda. There's a guy now who has positioned himself into trying to get himself a buyout. He has no interest in playing in New York, but he has no interest in, in, in doing the right thing either. He wants all of his money. He wants the full buyout for $50 million. He's not giving up one penny. He wants his money, and he wants to go wherever it is he wants. How can you guys celebrate this baby? How can you celebrate a guy who shot 40% from the field as a New York Knicks in the playoffs? Talking about a guy who averaged eight, eight made baskets on 21, 22 shots a game in the playoffs. Talking about a guy who didn't rotate on defense. A guy that we had to trade Tyson Chandler for because he didn't get along with him. I, Lloyd, make some sense of this for me. Wait, why do you guys support? Why do you guys support Carmelo Anthony so much in this battle when he's proven that he's not a winner? He's not. He's not a winner on, on, on the the level that Phil Jackson is. John Sally has said Bill Jackson is the perfect man uh, to delegate, to delegate responsibility. He goes and he entrusts all, all, all of this skill.
scouts. He entrusts his coaches. He entrusts his players to fill in the gaps. Here's someone that he thought he could stay when he was paying all, you, you know, when he gave him this money. And, and he could not figure it out. And I don't understand why the fans have this man's back. Well, here's, I, I here's just, the thing. I don't get Here's, here's the thing. John Sally, also, he said that, but he also said that Phil Jackson did a terrible job as a vice president of basketball operations, and he fell miserably at that. That John Sally did say that also. And then second, nobody's, yes. nobody's celebrating Carmelo Anthony. What we're celebrating is the fact that Phil Jackson is not here to run a market this organization no more. I mean, let me ask you a question. Since you, since you, I mean, you, you put Melo out there, and no, no Melo doesn't play defense. We already know that. We already know that Melo might have had his own agenda, and his own agenda was getting paid. Which we well, okay. also know Melo doesn't score efficiently. But that's beside. Well, the whole thing with Melo is when you traded for Melo, you knew what the you knew what type of player Melo was. When Melo was up, no, I don't think that's true. Well, hold on, hold on, let me finish. When Melo was up for free agency, your boy, your boy, Phil Jackson, not only decided to resign him, he also decided to give this man a no trade clause in his contract. Melo was one of only two players that qualified for that no trade clause, and according to Brian Windhorst. The LeBron James spokesman of the NBA, we know that Carmelo Anthony told the Knicks there would be no deal without it. We're okay. talking about Phil Jackson. But do you know what? Actually, he you... actually asked Carmelo Anthony to take a pay cut. But you so, know what, though? Here's the thing. If that's what they asked Carmelo Anthony to do, and Carmelo Anthony said no, and the higher powers that be above Phil Jackson said, I don't care what you want to do. This is what I want to do. At that particular point in time, Phil Jackson should have been like, you know what? I'm you. If you guys aren't going to let me do things the way that I want to do it, there's no need for me to be here. But he didn't do that. He stayed there. So obviously, if he stayed there, whether or not he agreed with it or disagreed with it, Obviously, you could say Phil Jackson stayed there for the money because at that point, if money wasn't the issue with him, which I think he completely, again, ripped off James Dolan, he could have left. Phil Jackson has more than enough money. He could have walked away. And But you know what? Phil Jackson didn't. He said, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's fine, but I'm going to still collect my 50 damn thousand dollars a day and put it in my pocket and make my bank account fatter than it ever was. So you can blame Melo. You could blame Melo, and uh, and rightfully so. Melo, he's not a you know he doesn't hustle. All these things can be said about Melo, and I don't disagree with you as far as that goes. But again, this is a league that is ran by the players. This is not this is not football. This is not baseball. This is not hockey. And in those leagues, the owners dictate what goes on. In NBA, in the NBA right now. It is the players that are dictating what is going on to the owners. So many players right. are crying. So many players are crying, man. Look at Chris Paul. Look at what Chris Paul did with the Clippers. You know what? Look at what LeBron James is doing. Look at what Kevin Durant is doing. Look at what Paul George is doing. So many players are crying their way out of situations, and so many players are getting what they want to get. And I get it. Phil ja- I get Phil Jackson tried to break the mold, and he's an old school dude. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a new day. 
It's a new day. It's a new age. This is what players want. And in order to get players, in order to get star quality players, in order to get elite players to play for a team, it's guys want to play with their friends and guys want to play with people who are in the front office that they actually like. And we all know it. Even, even if Phil Jackson said things that were, some, that were truthful, and the truth hurts sometimes, it don't really matter because at the end of the day, guys is like, I don't want to be around that dude, so I'm not giving the Knicks a shot in hell to even be on my, on my, on my list of teams. Dudes didn't even want to sit down with the Knicks, Matt Mike. Kevin Durant didn't give the Knicks a time of day. And all these moves that are being made so far through free agency, the only move that the Knicks have made is signing them Ron Baker to a two-year deal. Come on, man. Mike, Ron Baker to a two-year deal? I mean, give me a break. Lord, That's the best Lord, thing that they've done? Lloyd, every team needs a mascot. It's just a matter of how much you want to pay for that mascot. The Knicks found their mascot and, and Ron Baker. And, I mean... As much as I joke on him, as much as I, 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 we both agree that he's not your elite, we, we probably don't even think he's, you know, much more than a lower-level rotational player. He still brings on-ball defense, which this team lacks. You know, let him go get in, in the gut. Let him play the passion. Listen, Matt, Mike, I, I hate to cut you off, and I don't know, and I'm not saying you haven't watched a lot of the Knicks, but I'm one of those Nick guys that I've watched all damn 82 games that the Knicks have played, and Ron, nobody on the Knicks played defense. Absolutely nobody, including Ron Baker. Ron Baker did not nope. play. I have to agree with you. Jeff Hornacek has, has been quoted. He actually just spoke about it on Friday, and he said that they really value his defense. They love his defense. He's tenacious on D. Exactly what he said. Well, he I mean, if he's tenacious on D, I've seen a lot of blow bars and olays when he's guarding some of the guards in the NBA. I mean, obviously they're going to say that because they want him to be there. They want the fans, they want to give the fans a reason as to why they're keeping this bum. So that's the reason that they get to the fans. I don't care that Jeff Hornacek said that. I know he's saying that because it's the politically correct thing to say to justify giving this bum a two-year contract because he's a bum. He's a bum and he's a bum. So you're giving a bum a two-year contract. So you have to say, oh, he's a tenacious defender. Please, I've watched games and I've seen dudes blow by every single person on the New York Knicks roster, the only dude on that team that plays some sort of defense is Kyle O'Quinn. And outside of Kyle O'Quinn, and I hate to say Lance Thomas, but Lance Thomas to me will be the second dude on the Knicks roster that plays some sort of defense. Outside of them two dudes, to me, nobody else on that team plays defense. I can even throw Chris Porzingis in there, but because he's lanky and he's 7'3", it allows him to get beat and he can catch up and block shots and stuff like that. But Ron, so, Ron Baker is not in that discussion of tenacious defenders on the Knicks roster right now. I'm sorry. So you, you don't think with a little better coaching, maybe getting Kurt Rambis off the, the coaching staff and maybe bringing in a, a you know, I guess a Tom Thibodeau-like, Jeff Van Gundy, once upon a time-like, a, a defensive specialist. You don't think that would help? And I would like to draw out Courtney Lee. I, I think Courtney Lee is a, a pretty good defensive player. Uh, you, you know, he, he's, he's pretty good on the perimeter. Okay, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on the Courtney Lee, but I'll even put Courtney Lee ahead of Ron Baker, and that's the point that I'm making. But you didn't hear... Oh, I agree with you. And I, 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 this is the team mascot. I mean, <laughs> if you really want, go get him 
go get a little sponge basketball master costume and let them come run out and jump around with the cheerleaders for all I care. I'm just saying the Knicks want a face of, of toughness like Justin Pejoria in Boston and, and you know, they, that's, that's why he got paid. They, they just want something, uh, you know, a lunch pail guy, a uh, uh, Jody Poor back in the day for the Jets and, and you know those guys. Those guys, that's what they want him to be in the locker room. They want him to be that, that nine to five punch the clock, you know, grind it out guy. And Every team needs one. But I, I listen, I agree with you whole Harley and you we we both agree on that. But the whole thing is 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 we know what the Knicks need. We know what the Knicks need. You know what I'm saying? They need help. They need help all over the court. They need help at the at the one. They need help at the two. They need help at the three. They need help at the four. They need help at the five. So they need help all over the place. And I just think that there's so many better. And I get look, Ron Baker is a young guy, and I can see somebody molding him into a good player. Obviously, he's young enough where you don't give up. You possibly might not give up on somebody like that. But my only 24 years old. My whole my whole thing is this, man. Like. I mean, at this point, who in the, who in the heck is the Knicks' lead guard? Ron Baker can possibly be the Knicks' lead guard. I don't think Frank Ntilikina is going to be the Knicks' lead guard. I can see it coming off the bench for now. Maybe at some point he'll be the lead guard. But right now, think about this, Mad Mike. Think about this. Right now, your mascot, the guy that you say is the mascot, is going to be the Knicks' lead guard. So, with that being said, I know Derrick Rose, and, and the market is drying up for point guards. There aren't too many of them available. To me, the, the two best ones that are available are George Hill and, and Derrick Rose. And because Derrick Rose wants to be here, and Derrick Rose already said that he would take less money to be here, the only red flag is that he, 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 um, you know, he injured his knee at the end of last year. So, that makes me a little bit skeptical of going after him. But... You know, obviously you want somebody that's going to be here. And look, let's face it, Derrick Rhodes averaged, I don't know if it was 16 or 18 points a game and like four and a half assists a game. So that's not bad. He can still dribble past defenders. He can't guard defenders, but he can dribble past defenders. So, I mean, I, I, I just think that the Knicks really need to sign a veteran of the of the remaining uh, guys available that, you know, which we'll talk about a little bit later, you know, through free agency. I, I agree with you, and I think that if, if you were looking for a lead guard uh, in this offense, once again, I, I've mentioned numerous times, I think that Jeff Hornacek loves a two-point guard set. So, I, I mean, I don't think it would hurt to re-sign Derrick Rose, but if you're going to talk to me about this three years, $100 million deal uh, that apparently he's looking for after Kyle Lowry signed, no, thank you. I don't want him. Thirty-three million dollars on on a guy who's yet to finish the season over the last five. Uh, no, thank you. But I think Rajon Rondo would be a good a good you know lead guard, especially after the first round he had. Maybe Darren Collison could help this team. Uh, maybe both guys. There's nineteen million dollars. You know, nineteen twenty million dollars they have to spend. Could you get you know each guy to take maybe ten? 10 million and, and run from there. You know I, what? Know. I actually like, I actually, I, f I forgot about Rondo. I actually like, I actually like Rondo. That's, that's actually a very good suggestion in Rajon Rondo. And, but it's amazing that all these clubs, you know, are throwing away all this damn money to, to, 
to players that don't even that to players that don't even uh, that aren't even worth what they're getting. So I I can see you know Derrick Rose feels well if Kyle Lowry is getting this money and JJ Redick is getting this money and Jeff Teague is getting this money and this person is getting this money. Well, damn it, you know what? Maybe I I think I'm better than those guys, so I should get more than or just on par with they're getting, if not even more. But again, you're absolutely right. Do you want to pay that much money to a guy that can't finish the season? I thought he was going to break that curse this past season. And <laughs> this dude has the worst luck, man. I thought he was going to break that this season. And this guy ended up messing up his knee. Was it the final game of the season? I think it was the final game of the season or close to the final game of the season. He ended up messing his knee up again, man. This dude has the worst luck in the world. But if I can get Derrick Rose for $10 million, or whatever the case may be, I would I would take Derrick Rose for ten million. But Rondo is is Rondo. The Knicks need a facilitator. If you're gonna keep, if you're gonna keep Carmelo and you're gonna keep Chris Stapps, you know, and you're gonna surround you. I think they also need to sign another shooter somewhere, like a Danilo Gallinari, who might require a lot of money. But they need to get somebody along those lines that can spot up and shoot. And Rondo is really good at finding. You know, his teammates on the court. So I actually like that. I might be in favor of Rondo coming here more than the other guys you mentioned, to be honest with you. I, I agree with you. And if you could sign a raise on Rondo, um, and then, hey, maybe, why don't we call up Steve Novak and see if he still got that uh, championship belt around his waist? You know, if you told me you're talking about a lifestyle spot of shooter, hey, call Steve Novak, see if he's still in the league. You know, we made him a star once upon a time. Why not try again? Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. But look, Mad Mike, we got to we gotta take a quick commercial. So we'll be right back with more of the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike show. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron Omar Baker from Part of My Fresh and Part of My Fresh Radio. Check this out. I'm the producer for the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike show. Just want to let everybody know that you can listen to old episodes as well as new episodes every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at LloydAThompson.com. Also, download our app. It's part of my Fresh Radio. It's 100% free. Part of my Fresh Radio in the App Store and Google Play. You can download that. Brand new episodes are there as well. Once again, LloydAThompson.com. And across all social media, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere there's an account, at LloydAThompson. And while you're at it, follow me, at Aaron Omar Baker. That's it. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike show. Uh, right about now, you know, the, the Knicks, uh, their draft picks and their free agent signings, uh, you know, of undrafted rookies are now playing in the Orlando Pro Summer League, uh, in the Orlando Pro Summer League. So I've gotten a chance to, to look at some of the, <laughs> the hopeful players that's going to make the roster and I'll tell you, Matt, Mike, I was I was looking forward to seeing Frank Nittalakina play, but he ended up uh, messing up his knee. He has a sore knee uh, that that uh, occurred in his in a in a championship game over in France. So according to reports, he's supposed to play before the the you know the league ends. So I'm looking for hopefully I'll get to see him play before this ends. But he hasn't played the first two games, and I'll tell you this much: from what I've seen thus far. Holy crap, man. These guys, 
look awful. It's almost like they picked these guys up from out of different supermarkets and different locations. I was looking forward to seeing Damian Doxson. I haven't seen much out of him. Uh, Chase Randall, who I thought um, could be something special for the Knicks, and he played well uh, last year. Guys was blown by him. He was turning the ball over a lot. I'm not a big fan of Marshall Plumlee. For some reason, the Knicks are enamored with him. He was getting he was getting uh, just bodied in the post. Guys was posting him up under the basket. It was really bad from from what I was seeing. Um, thus far, the only place the only person that I was pretty much you know said wow you know this guy has potential is a player that. You know, the player that we would probably expect the least from, and that's the, the Jaramaz. I think that's how you pronounce his, his last name. It was the Knicks' second second-round pick in this year's past draft. He looked like he has potential, but it's not like he was— nobody on the Knicks is uh, like actually lighting the nets up like NBA Jam. Nobody's doing that. And for me to say that he's looked the best, he's scoring the least amount of points out of everybody on the damn roster. And he looks better than the guys that are scoring more points than him. <laughs> yeah, so let me let me give my two cents on that. One, I think uh, to start the summer league, he, he looks the most impressive. But I think that's because he comes from playing pro Euro ball and where these kids are all, you know, they're, they're, they're kids. You know, they're coming, they're playing domestically. Uh, they're just trying to find their way. Most of these summer league kids, you know, most of the rosters I think we can agree are, are guys that are undrafted free agents, uh, second round picks for the majority. Uh, I think in, in the first game, Dennis Jr., uh, he didn't participate. So it's not like we were watching the top level talents play. Uh, so I think it's easier for him to, to look good now. But I think as the summer league goes on, he'll kind of get exposed uh, for what he is. Now, uh, as far as Chase and Randall went, uh, you know, I, I know that we both like him. I think we both think he can be a good rotational player here. But I will say this. He, he was born in to play the triangle specifically. I think he played for Philadelphia and they released him. Now, Philadelphia, which is, uh, believe in the process, let the process take its time. You know, they were hurting for a lot of ball players. They were giving time away. They were throwing games away. And this guy couldn't stick on their roster. Uh, if it wasn't for the triangle, which we all wanted out of New York, uh, I don't think Chase Randall would be on the New York Knicks roster. So uh, while I was a little disappointed uh, in his, you know, I guess first uh, weekend, I, I don't necessarily know that we should be surprised by it. I, I don't know how much he really does have to offer harsh criticism. And I hope he proves me wrong, but it might not happen here. So really, I think this summer, maybe we just look at what Frank Nomadic can do. Uh, maybe we, we check out what Damian Dotson has from the outside. Does he find his range? Uh, does his knees, you know, stay under him? Uh, outside of that, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I, I defer to you and, and your take on it. Well, I see, I see the potential with Damian Doxson, and I, he may be a little bit passive right now, which I totally understand, you know, and I could get it, and once he gets into the flow of things, um, you know, maybe we'll see a lot more from him, but I definitely, he has a smooth jump shot, you know, and he can, he can shoot the three ball, so I definitely see the potential from him, but, uh, you know, I, you mentioned Dennis Smith Jr., and the thing is, Dennis Smith Jr. is not playing in the Orlando League. He's actually playing in the Vegas League. And to me, the Vegas League 
has the better teams and the better competition. Not the better teams, because all of them are NBA teams. But what I'm saying is the Vegas League seems to have a little bit, the competition seems to be better in the Vegas League than it does in the Orlando League. So Dennis Smith Jr. is participating in the Vegas League, and Lonzo Ball is participating in the Vegas League. So a lot of the guys, the top picks and, and, and number one picks, for the most part, for the majority, are participating you know, in the, in the Vegas League. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing those guys play. And then I just uh, came across something, Mad Mike, where they said the New York Knicks have reached out to Rajon Rondo and uh, Darren Collison, along with Derrick Rose, as far as showing some interest in those guys coming to be a New York Knick. And again, we discussed about who we feel um, might be the best fit. But I just want to... So I'm going to give who I, who I would take in the order of my preference, one, two, and three, and I want you to do the same thing. So I'll go first, and after listening to you, bring up Rajon Rondo, who completely wasn't on my radar, in a strange twist, in a strange twist, I'm going to put Rajon Rondo number one on my list, only over Derrick Rose, only because Derrick Rose, used, I mean, they both get injured. But Derrick Rose, you know, he's had a bunch of knee issues, and that's very scary to me. So I would put Rajon Rondo one because he's a great facilitator, and I think that's what the Knicks need. He's a guard that controls the ball, controls the clock. You know, he plays decent defense. You know, not a great defender, but but good enough. So Rondo would be one. Then I would say Derrick Rose is two only because of his scoring capabilities. And if Derrick Rose could come back healthy or whatever, I think he, you know, he can have, he can duplicate the season that he had. And then my third guy would be Darren Collison. Uh, he's quick, he's shifty, but he's a little guy, you know, compared to the other guys. So he would be third on my list. So how about yourself? What, what, what would you rank these guys? I would take, I, I would rank Ray Rondo first overall. Uh, I agree with every point you made about him, and maybe I'm living more in the moment, uh, but I saw what he did to Isaiah Thomas. If Rajon Rondo didn't get hurt in that first round, I don't think the, the Celtics would have got out of the first I round. Agree I think with you. we I all agree with you. When he so, went down, um, you're at 1,000%. When he went down, the tide changed big time. Yes, and, and I think uh, the Knicks don't have a Jimmy Butler on their roster, but the Knicks do have a Carmelo Anthony. Everybody, I know you're going to call me a hypocrite for it, but I think Rajon Rondo as a leader, he, he, he stood up man-to-man, face-to-face with, with, with Butler earlier in the year and with Wade, and he defended those young guys, and I think that he could, he, you know, possibly set Carmelo Anthony in his place to the point where we can, you know, if not get the best of Carmelo Anthony, we could actually, you know, get him to back off of you know, hogging the ball, beating it into the ground. So I'm going to say I'm going to take Rajon Rondo uh, because he's a general on the floor. He averages 10 assists a game, and I think he's a difference maker. I think that the Knicks have have uh, good enough talent, uh, similar talent to what the Bulls had towards the end of the year. Uh, and if he can bring that out of us, uh, at least a first-round playoff, you know, maybe second. Uh, as far as who I take next, uh, we differ. I would probably go Darren Collison. I do see the same negatives you see. I think he's small, but he's lightning quick. He has a better shot than, than Derrick Rose. While he doesn't get to the basket as easy as Derrick Rose does, I do think uh, the fact that he doesn't get as banged up inside will help us long-term. 
you know, once again, uh, like I said, uh, your best avail- uh, your best ability is availability. He's healthier, um, not by much, but he's healthier than Derrick Rose. So I would take him just for that reason. But honestly, if you sign Ray Rondo as your lead, you know, your lead point guard, I would take either one of those two as, as my second guy. Um, I give Charleston only for health reasons over over Derrick Rose, but uh, either one can 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 get it for me. Can can get the job done. Well, hopefully the Knicks actually do the right thing and sign one of those guys. To be honest with you, man, we're at the bottom of the barrel at this point, and they need something. So I'll be happy with any of those guys. And this is exactly, this is the life of a Knicks fan. This is the life of a Knicks fan. We always well, gotta settle for the rest of the crap. We're bottom feeders, man. We're bottom feeders. Uh, well, well, I just want the Knicks fans. I want to highlight something Lloyd said. I don't want him to think I missed it. He said that the Knicks don't have a team in the Vegas in the Vegas Summer League. I want you guys to think about what that means. The fact that we don't have a team in the Vegas Summer League means that our our Summer League talent is utter trash. It's absolute garbage. They won't even put our guys in Vegas because they know we'll lose by 50 points a game. Just, just... Just wanted to, to dig the knife in and twist just a little bit. Wow, and, and, and that's that's a super twist, and I'm going to follow that up with a hashtag facts, brother, because you hit the nail right on the head, and you couldn't have said it any better. But before we move on to baseball, you know, there's been a lot of willing and dealing in the NBA. Uh, and there's been quite a few trades and quite a few signings around the NBA, and Chris Paul got traded from the Clippers to the Houston Rockets for almost a whole damn team. Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Lou Williams, Darren Hilliard, DeAndre Liggins, Kyle Wilter, and a 2018 first-round draft pick. I mean, what is that? Like, you know, that's their whole day going oh, team Lord, right there, me, man. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, Brother Lloyd, but I, I want the, the folks listeners to understand. Do you know what kind of an indictment this is on Doc Rivers? Do you know why Chris Paul decided to leave? First of all, I know that, that he is left in a sign-and-trade, but all reports say that he notified them that he was going to take the four-year offer from the Houston Rockets. Now, we're talking about a guy who's leaving to go play with Mike D'Antoni's no-defensive system. Yes, 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 they're going to run and score all the points. But let's not miss the fact that he was going to take... $50 million less just to get away from the Clippers. And all reports are saying it is because Doc Rivers' favoritism towards his son. Doc Rivers went and saved his son, Doma Life Preserver. Traded for him, traded assets for him when no one in the league wanted him. The, the Hornets, the Pelicans, whatever they are now, wanted nothing to do with his son. Then he turned around and gave his son, oh yeah, $44 million. He's paying his son $11 million to be a backup. He's keeping it in the family. (laughs) He's keeping it in the family. But that's all he did, right? I don't want you coming and asking me for any more cars. I don't want you asking me to buy you a house. I'm going to give you this money to get you out of my house. Move out of my basement. I'm going to pay you. And you know what? Good for Chris Paul. So happy Chris Paul decided to leave over that. When you ruin the team for the sake of giving your son something that he doesn't deserve that no one else in the league outside of Phil Jackson was going to give him? No, sir. I'm leaving. Well, I, I, also, I also heard that Chris Paul was a little bit upset 
that dur during the season last year, there was actually a trade on the table for the Clippers to get Carmelo Anthony, and in return, the Knicks will get uh, Jamal Crawford, Austin Rivers, and I forgot the third player that was to be named. Paul Pierce. And, and, Paul Pierce. Yeah, Paul Pierce. And Doc Rivers said thanks, but no thanks. And I, I heard that that agitated and annoyed Chris Paul as well. It did. And, and just so everybody knows, and I know that uh, he's no big thing, but it wasn't just for Carmelo Anthony. They were offering them Sasha Vujicic as a shooting guard, uh, a backup shooting guard. You know, well, I would have pulled I mean, the trigger. It, I would have pulled it. I, get Sasha out I of town. I would have pulled it. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. But let, let me let me run down some of these signings real quick, Matt Mike, so we can w move on to baseball. Steph Curry will finalize a $201 million max deal with the Golden State Warriors. As I discussed, Chris Paul got traded to the Rockets, and then he opted in for, for his final year at $24.6 Kyle Lowry returns to the Raptors on a three-year deal for nearly $100 million. Drew Holiday returns to the <laughs> Drew Holiday returns to the Pelicans, five years, one hundred and twenty-five million. Jeff Teague is headed to Minnesota for three years at fifty-seven million. Listen, Tom Thibodeau is doing a hell of a job right now over there in Minnesota. I mean, at first I was like, man, this must be rough on him, but he had a game plan and he's executing that game plan to a T. Patty Mills agreed to resign with the Spurs. Four years, $50 million. Sean Livingston is staying in Golden State. Three years, $24 million. We got um, Jose Calderon uh, <laughs> signing a vet uh, the veterans minimum with, with Cleveland, which means Devon Williams is probably out the door. J.J. Redick, one year, $23 million with the Philadelphia 76ers. Cal Corver, three years, $22 million to stay with the Cavs. Okay, my boy Langston Galloway, who I love a lot, he's headed to Detroit three years for $21 million. You know, congrats to him. That brother works hard. He deserves it. Andre Iguodala, back to the Warriors, three years, $48 million. And Joe Inglis goes back to the Jazz for four years and $52 million. P.J. Tucker, defensive specialist who was with the Toronto Raptors, he's moving on to the Rockets. And he signed a four-year, $32 million uh, deal with those guys. Blake Griffith, going back, he's staying in with the Clippers. Five years, $173 million. Who knows, maybe he's going back because Chris Paul is leaving. We don't know, but that's a possibility. Sergi Baca, we signed with the Raptors. Three years for $65 million. Todd Gibson is going back to play for Tom Thibodeau as he joins the Wolves on a two-year, $28 million deal. And Amir Johnson agreed to a one-year, $11 million deal with the, Philadelphia, with the Philadelphia 76ers. And holy crap, is this money being tossed around the NBA like all these owners at a strip club and NBA players are the strippers. Wow! Moving on to baseball right now, we have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game coming up on Tuesday, July 11th. And I, to be honest with you, I have zero interest in, in, in the All-Star Game of baseball. The only thing that I think this is a great idea is that the winner gets home field advantage in the World Series. Matt Mike, take over on this, brother. Well, let's start by saying congratulations to Michael Conforto for making the All-Star Game. Let's say congratulations to General Bachances, Luis Severino, Gary Sanchez, and the leading vote getter in the AL, Aaron Judge. Uh, big shout out to Dita Gregorius, who missed it amongst 
of baseball and still is a finalist for the final spot. So uh, with that said, I, I want to say this is an amazing job that Brian Cashman has done when you think about it. This rebuild, these, every single one of these all-stars up for consideration have been obtained or promoted within the last three, four years. I mean, this Yankee youth movement is amazing. You know, uh, you got a guy like Luis Severino, who last year w- was was pushed to the bullpen, pushed to the minors, struggled mightily, and this year he's an all-star. Gary Sanchez, even though he started slow and missed a month early this year, Gary Sanchez has, taken, has picked up where he left off last year. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the best player in American League. If we, if we ended the season today, he's not only the rookie of the year, Aaron Judge is the MVP. And Michael Conforto, left for dead, right? Michael Conforto, we could say that he followed the same exact path for a hitter that Luis Severino did for a pitcher. He was up and down last year, couldn't hit the ball, sent to the minors. He, he, was, he was actually not even considered a starter this year, and all he's done is hit and hit and hit his way into all-star appearance. So congratulations to those guys. Well-deserved all-star nominations. Well, I tell you what, it feels great to see uh, quite a few Yankees uh, in the all-star game, and deservingly so. Those guys that have been mentioned um, deserve to be in the all-star game. Hopefully, D.D. gets in there. But, you know, the only the only downside to it is, to me, the, the, the voting in all-star games has turned into a joke because it's always a popularity contest. And, it's, you know, I, I feel it's, at some point if Sterling Castro wasn't hurt, I think Sterling Castro should have been a strong consideration. I, I apologize. I apologize. It looks like Sterling Castro didn't make the all-star game. Oh, didn't? Wow, that's great. That's great. I mean, he did, I was just getting ready to say that he deserved to make the All-Star. I actually thought that he's having a better season than Altuve, but Altuve obviously is the more popular choice, so that's who the fans vote for. El Salvador Perez is the more popular choice than Gary Sanchez, so that's who the fans vote for. I mean, I have I don't know statistically who's better of the two at this particular moment, but despite Sanchez being out of the lineup due to injury, I would, have the, I would probably say not being biased, not being biased because I am a Yankees fan, but I would probably say that Sanchez is probably having a better year than El Salvador Perez is, but because of the popular vote amongst the fans, which somehow this needs to be taken out of their hands or whatever, you know, they got it right with Aaron Judge. He should be the leading vote-getter in the American League. They, they got that right. They got that right. But let's face it, Matt Mike, at some point, Aaron Judge is going to make the All-Star game this year, next year, the following season, and the following season. You know, I mean, he's a great ball player. He's a great, and hopefully, you know, he can keep this up for years to come. And at some point, I thought Sanchez, Sanchez was the face, but Aaron Judge is the face. So congrats to all the New York Yankee All-Stars, and congrats to all the New York Mets All-Stars. Way to go, New York. Way to represent. I, well, let me ask you one question. This seems to be the question everybody's asking. Should Aaron Judge participate in the home run derby? Wouldn't you want to see Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger, and Giancarlo Stanton all line up against each other and see who can take it home? I would love to see that. 
I would love to see, but you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, remember back, there was, I don't know if it was a couple years ago, where a couple guys that participated in an all-star game, I mean, in a home run derby, an all-star game said that participating actually messed up their swing, so I have a feeling that that scares some players away, but it's good for baseball, so as, as far as it being good for baseball, it's great. I would love to see all those guys go up with each, against each other, just like the the slam dunk contest in basketball. You want to see the LeBron Jameses and those guys go up against each other, but that's turned into a joke. I'm hoping that the home run derby doesn't turn into a joke, but from what it seems, it seems like it's heading that direction because the guys that are bopping the ball out of the park are now, you know, they're they're a little wary of participating, you know, in, in the All Star Home Run Derby. But I would love to see that. I think that would be great for baseball, Mad Mike. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, if you're the if you're Major League Baseball, you have to see what the other sports are doing right, and you have to see what the other sports are doing wrong. And in this case. You see that the, M- the the NBA is absolutely wrong, not forcing their stars to, to participate in a slam dunk challenge. And you you, I I, I don't think it's uh, contractually, uh, I, I don't think contractually they can force these guys to participate. But I think you have to find a way to put pressure. You want your stars. You want those five hundred foot home runs. I mean, Aaron Judge has hit hit one what four ninety nine five hundred one or something in a game. Can you imagine what he's gonna do in a, in a home run derby? It'll definitely be exciting to, to, to exciting to see. But this moves us on to the part of the show where we we call it the log of the, the log of the week award, and the log of the week award goes to the New York Knicks summer league team who look dreadful. They look like they haven't practiced with each other, and I I see no bright future or, or nothing that's promising about anybody that I've watched thus far. And excited about them joining Big Club and and making a difference and turning this franchise around. So with that being said, folks, I would like to thank you guys for listening in to this week's Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike show. We appreciate the listeners. We appreciate the support. We're going to continue to get better. And we're going to continue to try to make this show the number one show when it comes to sports talk shows. So thank you for the support. God bless. Have a great week. Be safe. Hey, yo, let's get up out of here. Absolutely, my brother. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Show every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern at LloydAThompson.com and PMFRadio.com. Peace.